What's up, guys, and welcome to the Underground Student Podcast. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us. Make sure you join us on Wednesday nights at 645 at Riverside Community Church. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. We can't wait to see you guys. Enjoy. We're in a series called Jesus Who, and I kicked it off last week, and some of you were here last week. Some of you weren't here last week. Um, that's okay. I won't judge you. But we had uh, we kicked off this series, and we're talking about who Jesus is uh, this Christmas series. And I don't know if you've ever heard the song Waymaker, but we played a couple times um, here at Underground. And basically, I based this song, or based this message, this series off of that song, because in that song, it tells us who Jesus is. And so tonight, I want to give you uh, I'm going to give you another two points. But let's do a little test. And I'm going to call, call on some people. If you can tell me right now the two points that I gave last week, and they're in the song Waymaker, if you can tell me those two points that I talked about, I will let you get something free from the snack bar, Ben. You got one of them right. I'll give you one. You can have one free item from the snack bar. Can you get the second one? No. What? No. Who can tell me? Anybody? Anybody? It's in the song, but who can tell me the two things that I said Jesus is last week? Jesus is blank. Jesus is. So he got one right. He said Jesus is a miracle worker, but what was the second one? No. Waymaker is correct. Those are the two. Those are, I was calling on people. You should have raised your hand earlier. I was calling on people. So last week, I talked about Jesus is the way maker and Jesus is the miracle worker. So tonight, I'm going to give you the two other points. And Ben, what was one that you said that wasn't right? Promise. promise is that what you said? Yes. Promise keeper. Is, yes. Promise keeper is the second one. And then you said, what'd you say? Light in the darkness. Those are the two I'm going to give you tonight. But so the first point I want to give you is promise keeper. So Jesus is the promise keeper. Have any of you ever had a friend who couldn't keep a promise? Anybody, raise your hand, all right? Have any of you had a friend who couldn't keep a secret that you told them? Yes. Like you told them a secret, they immediately went and told somebody else, or maybe it took them a few days. Anybody have that? Okay. Have any of you ever had someone um, that said that they were going to do something for you, but then they didn't do it? Yes. Like somebody was like, oh, I'll, I got you, bro. I got you, girl. Like, I'll do that for you. And then like you come to find out like a week later, they never did it. Anybody? All right. Same thing happened to me, and that is uh, we all have people that break promises. But to me, there is nothing more frustrating than when somebody can't keep their promise. It's so annoying. But I want to tell you a story. So uh, this is a very, um, you can make fun of me. It's a very adult thing to do, but I went to the new car wash on Grand Prairie. Anybody seen it? Yeah, gone to it? Yeah. Who said yeah? Justin? Yeah, the adults in the room are like, yeah, the ones who have cars. Anyway, like some of you might not relate, but it's okay. It's a funny story. So I went to the new car wash on Grand Prairie. It's a nice car wash, all right? So if you, don't, if you drive, check it out, all right? If you don't drive, tell your parents to check it out. But anyway, I went to this car wash and we, uh, I was driving through. Basically, I went to this car wash because it was having a dollar car wash, right? A dollar for a car wash. That's nice, all right? Dollar car wash. Normally, it costs like $30 to wash your car. It's messed up. Anyway, so I went to this car wash. It was a dollar. And I go up. Nice service, right? Like, they were great. They welcomed me. They were a little aggressive. You ever go somewhere, and they offer you, like, their promotion? Like, hey, if you sign up for $10 a month, like, 
You get unlimited, like, you ever, they do that, and they're very aggressive about it. That's what they were doing. She was trying to promote this, trying to give it to me. I was like, no, let me think about it. I took it, threw it in the trash right away. I'm like, I'm not going to think about that. So I lied. Sorry, we shouldn't do that. But anyway, so they give me then, they give me a towel. They give you a towel to wipe the inside of your car. It smelled so nice, guys. That's what I'm telling you to go there. I'm promoting them right now. They should give me a shout out. Anyway, so then I get up. We're going through. They, uh, you know, if you ever drive and you've been to a car wash, how many of you have been to a car wash where you drive in, right? It's a drive-through car wash, Okay. You have the person that's standing there telling you to come up a little closer, or they're like this, they're like this, trying to direct the person driving. Already scary as it is, because you never know if you're going to go over that and then ruin the whole machine. And so I was driving through, got in perfectly fine, right? It was great. They're washing off the car. They're, they're doing their whole thing. And we, um, we keep going. And I'm watching all the cars in front of me. They're getting their car washed, right? But as I get my car into the car wash, it stops working, like nothing, you know those swirly things that move, you know, and go around the car, the things that flop on the windshield, flop on the back. None of that was working, right? Nothing was spraying, nothing was doing anything uh, in that regard. Like nothing. And so I'm driving through and I'm like, shouldn't we be like working? Like, shouldn't we be like doing something? And so I'm like sitting in my car, can't do anything. And I'm looking back at the, all the people there and they're just like standing there just like, I don't know what we're doing. So my car wasn't being washed. I was like, okay, this is weird. So I get to the point where I'm at the end now and I'm getting out and I'm like, well, do I go back through? I mean, do I go and complain about this? Like, it's a new car wash. I don't want to be that guy. Like, I'm not going to be that guy. And so I get to the end. I'm like, well, I'm going to go through because my car is even worse than what it already was. So Go around, go back through. The lady sees me. She's already overly aggressive again, wanting me to buy their promotional thing. I'm like, girl, I was already here. I already said no. Peace. Like, just let me through. I need my car washed. And so she, then she realized my car was wet. She's like, so sorry. This has been happening a lot recently. And I'm like, yeah, well, you should get it under control. And so then I go through again. I'm just kidding. I wasn't that mean. I was like, it's fine. And so I went back through, and I had to wait even longer now for my car to get washed because the line was backed up. The whole thing was stopped. I was like, why did I do this? I regret ever making this decision. And so then I get back up there. I'm going through again. And finally, it starts to work. Luckily, I, it worked. A long story short, I got my car washed. But it was really cool because, you know, it has those colored lights, the colored soap. You know, it's like the cool stuff, right? You know what I'm talking about? It was, a, it was a cool car wash, though. But anyway, I got through, finally held up to its promise what a car wash is supposed to do and washed my car, right? Anyway, that's a whole story that I want to get to one point. But I think when I was thinking of this idea of Jesus being a promise keeper, when God being a promise keeper, I thought of this story because, see, a car wash, what's its promise? When you're going to a car wash, what do you expect? For it to clean your car. That is a promise that the car wash is going to hold on to. It's going to clean your car. See, the car wash didn't clean my car the first time. And when I thought about this idea of Jesus being the promise keeper, I'm like, this fits perfectly to who Jesus is. See, Jesus is a promise keeper, and he will keep every promise that he speaks to you. Every promise that he speaks to you, and maybe he doesn't speak a promise to you, but he speaks promises in his Bible all the time. In his word, he speaks promises. And see, Jesus, he is a promise keeper, and he'll keep his promise. See, that car wash kept its promise. But see, the thing I want to talk to you about is it didn't keep its promise right away. It didn't fulfill the promise the first time. And see, a lot of us, we think God is going to give us what we want when we want it. Right, We see in his Bible that he says, you're going to have a perfect life. Jeremiah 29, 11, I've given you a perfect life. And our lives aren't perfect. And we're like, Jesus, where's my perfect life? See, but the thing that I love is he might not do it right now, but he will do it eventually. And see, just like that car wash, I didn't get my car wash the first time, 
but it eventually washed my car. And that is the same thing about Jesus is that he will eventually fulfill his promise for you. He will fulfill his promise for you every single time. See, it didn't happen right away, but it happened eventually. I want to tell you about a guy in the Bible named Joseph. Who knows about Joseph? Yeah, raise your hand if you know about Joseph. Don't be shy. All right. If you don't know about Joseph, you're about to know Joseph. And I'm sure a lot of you do know about Joseph. You just don't want to raise your hands because I've talked to him. I've talked about him multiple times here. But so Joseph, he was a good dude. Joseph had a lot of brothers. How many of you have a lot of siblings? Like a lot of siblings. How many siblings you got? 11? Oh, gosh. Okay. Who can beat 11? <laughs> Ben's like, what? Uh, no. How many siblings you got? You got two siblings. All right. Who's got a lot of siblings? How many you got? Eight? All right, who else? Last siblings. Yes. Four and one coming. All right, anybody else got a last siblings? No one. No one else has a last siblings. Okay, I got like three, I got three siblings, right? One, two, three. Yeah, I got three. I got three siblings. But this, Joseph had a lot of siblings. He had a lot of brothers. Anybody have just a lot of brothers? You got a lot of brothers? A lot of brothers? Yeah. Oh, you're rolling your eyes at that one. Ugh, brothers. Anybody got a lot of sisters, just sisters? Yeah, okay, all right, all right. But Joseph had all brothers, all right? And Joseph, uh, he was 17 years old. Do I got any 17-year-olds in the room? I know they're like probably like right here. How old are you guys, 17? You're not 17. You're a liar. You're 16. Whatever. Where are my 17-year-olds at? Anybody in here? You know, I've just got a bunch of liars in our youth group. That's whack. That's fine. We got no 17-year-olds. But Joseph, he was 17 years old, all right? And Joseph had two dreams. God came to Joseph and gave him two dreams. And in both of these dreams, he had the, he had the dream that his brothers were going to bow down to him, right? So Joseph is the youngest sibling, the youngest out of all of these. He's 17 years old. He's the youngest sibling. And he has a dream that his brothers are going to bow down to him. Now, could you imagine who's the youngest in here? All right. All right, so my, young, my youngest siblings, Ben, you know what's up, right? Imagine you, Ben, going to Ella and Liam, who's talking right now, to his girlfriends. Oi, y'all better stop talking. Calling both, all three of you out, all three of you. You're sitting quietly. What's your name, bro? Wyatt, thank you for listening, bro. I appreciate you. You're ignoring those two, those three. You're listening to me. I appreciate that. That's what you get for listening. All right, so Ben, imagine you going to Liam and going to Ella and saying, I had a dream last night, and you guys are gonna bow down to me, all right? And you're gonna bow down to me, and you're gonna, you're gonna basically uh, like praise my name, all right? Imagine you going to Liam and Ella and saying that. I can tell right now that Liam and Ella would both come to you and like probably smack you, kick you. Liam would probably tackle you to the ground and be like, you're whack, Ben. We ain't doing that, all right? We are not bowing down to you. That ain't gonna happen. So Joseph went to his brothers, said, y'all gonna bow down to me. And guess what they did? They didn't do what they, Liam and Ella would do to Ben. They basically threatened to kill this dude, right? So they took him, threw him into a pit, a deep pit, all right? It was a deep, deep, deep pit, and they were going to kill him. Until one brother who was gracious, this would probably be Ella, all right? Liam would probably be the one like, yo, I'm going to hurt Ben. Ella would probably be the one that's like, no, we can't hurt him that bad. Like, let's be nice to Ben, all right? And so there was one brother for Joseph that was like, yo, let's not kill him, all right? Actually, he didn't even say that to the brothers. He's like, I'm just going to save his life. And so basically, saved his life. Joseph gets sold to slavery, all right? Slavery, all right? So he's sold to slavery. He's off. Bye-bye. And he goes to Egypt. He's sold into slavery, all right? 
And he just has a whirlwind of a life. I'm not going to go into all the details about Joseph, but he had a whirlwind of a life, like a lot of ups and downs, all right? A lot of things that went on in Joseph's life. He went to prison. Then he was over somebody's house, like was in charge of somebody's house. Then he was in second command over all of Egypt. But he did all of this over a span of seven years, lived a crazy life. But see, I tell you this story because guess what? God came to Joseph and promised Joseph that he was going to have his brothers bow down to him. That was a promise that Joseph got in his dream that his brothers were going to bow down to him. But guess how long it took for that to happen? Bro, you're actually close. Seven years. You did, okay, whoa, I didn't know this was a competition, Ben. Seven years. Seven years for it to take from God to give Joseph a promise in his dream that his brothers were going to bow down to him in order for him to actually see it happen. Seven years went by. And God promised that that was going to happen. I want to encourage you with this. If you're taking notes, and if you're not taking notes, I encourage you to write this down in your phone, on a notebook, somewhere. But I want you to write this down. You need to have patience for the promise. All right? Many of you need to have patience for the promise. All right? And you might be thinking to me right now, like, Josh, God hasn't promised me anything. Promise, what are you talking about? What's that promise? I don't know. What? It's right there. It's on the screen. You need to have patience for the promise. And you might be thinking, well, Josh, God doesn't promise me anything. But here's what I want to tell you. If you're reading this book, if you're reading your Bible, God has promised you so much. There's so many promises in his word that he has spoken over you every single day, all the time that is in this book that he would tell you right now is a promise. And those promises you need to have patience for. It might not be happening right now. It might not happen eventually. But you got to wait for the promise to come. Psalms 145, write this down as well because you can look at it later. Psalms 145, 13 says, the Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. That's right there in the Bible, Psalms 145. It says, God will always keep his promises. Always. He will always keep his promises. See, I want to give you four things that I believe God always does when he keeps his promises. And four things that I believe, I want you to write these down as well as they come up on the screen. I want you to write these four things down that I believe each of us can learn how to keep a promise to people and to ourselves. First one is be organized. Be organized. Luke 12, 7 says this, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. I love this scripture verse because guess what? This tells me right here, God is organized in everything that he does. Everything that he does, because the fact that he knows how many hairs you have on your head, can anybody tell me right now how many hairs they have on their head? You're a liar, you're a liar, and you're a liar. If you're raising your hand, you're a liar, you're a liar. We're all liars in here, okay? Didn't you hear that we shouldn't lie in church? Don't worry, we're going to get to that in a minute. That's my, that's my third point, being honest, all right? Be organized. God knows everything about you. He is so organized. And see, God doesn't make promises just to make promises. And I guarantee you there's some of us in here who would say we make promises just to make promises, right? But God, he doesn't make promises just to make them. No, he promises things that he, will, he knows will benefit your life every single day. He knows what's going to benefit you in the long run no matter what. He knows what those promises are. And all we need to be need to do is to be organized in our life and the promises that we make. We need to be organized and not just make promises to make promises. Second one, write this down. Be motivated. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, I said this earlier, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. See, God is motivated to help make your life the best it can be. He wants to give you the best life that you can possibly ever live. He wants to challenge you. He wants to grow you in every single way, shape, and form. He wants to make you a better person every single day. He's motivated to make us better. He's motivated to challenge us. See, God is motivated to do whatever it takes to help us be a better person. And see, we all need to be motivated in our walk with Jesus, in reading our Bible, to listen. Boom. We all need to be motivated to make those promises and do those things so that we can be better and grow and be better people. Third one, and this is the one y'all were just lying to me about, be honest. Third one, be honest. Exodus, no, I'm not gonna go to that yet. Jesus is the only person in the world who never lied. Did you know that? No, you didn't know that? Now you do. Jesus was the only one who walked on this earth and he never lied. Never once lied about anything. He was always honest. He always says what he is going to do. And literally in Exodus 20, 16, it says, you must not lie. It's one of the 10 commandments. And all y'all that just raised your hand about telling me you know how many hairs are on your head, liars. We're lying in church. I'm just kidding. I lie too. It's okay. We all lie every day. But we need to not lie. I'm just gonna say that right now. We need to not lie about things. We need to stop lying. But we all need to be better about being honest with each other, being honest with God, being honest with ourselves, and not lying to other people. And the last one I want to leave you with, write this down, be principled. Be principled. Isaiah 46, 11 says, I've said it, and I'll most certainly do it. I've planned it, so it's a, as good as done. See, God, he lives by a very, very, very high standard. And I don't know about you, but he lives by such a high standard that no one else lives by. And when God says he's going to do something, he will do it in your life because he is the promise keeper. And see, we all need to be guided by our values, our principles, and strive for high standards of living. And I tell you that, and I want you to, I want you to listen to that one more time. We all need to be guided by our values and principles and strive for a high standard of living. And I want to encourage you with that because as high schoolers, as junior hires, the one thing I want to encourage you with living, it's so easy to get swooped up in what's popular, what's cool, what's trending, what's different, that we let go of our standard. We let go of our value. We get distracted. We don't listen. We don't want to focus. We want to do what other people are doing, a disregard for what maybe our parents told us. We want to do the things that are wrong and inappropriate. We want to do all of those things where it basically takes our value and throws it out the window. And we don't want to be valued anymore. We don't want to be at a high standard of living. And see, one of the things I'll tell you is the most challenging thing to do in the role that I play as a student pastor is living up to a high standard. Because everything that you hear me preach about on this stage, I have to live it. In the role that I play, I have to live at a high standard. Everything you hear me preach, I have to do the best that I can do to not fall short. Now, I'm human. I'm going to fall short every single day. I'm going to mess up. I'm just like you. I'm going to sin no matter what. But I am called to such a high standard of living. And there was a couple years of my life where I didn't live up to that high standard of living. And it, people noticed. People yelled at me. People got on me about it. And they encouraged me to live at a high standard of living, to hold myself to a high standard, to say, I'm not going to do certain things. I'm not going to hang out with certain people. I'm not going to say certain words. I'm not going to look at certain things because that's not who I want to be. 
And so tonight, before I get to my next point, I want to encourage each of you to find what your standard of living is. I want you to find what you want to hold your value to. And for those of you who are listening, and I see 90% of you listening, and I want you to take that. Find what your value of living is. Find out what you're not going to do and what you are going to do. And then live to it. Don't, don't throw it away when somebody comes to you and says, hey, let's go party and drink. You know, let's go, let's go do all those things. But you promised yourself you're not going to do those things. Don't fall short and go do those things now because your friend is begging you to do it. No, you know that it's wrong. You know that you shouldn't do it, so don't go do it. Just because you want to fit in. Keep your values. Strive for a high standard of living. See, God will always keep his promises no matter what you go through. The second one I want to talk about, and she said it earlier, light in the darkness. And this is the last one that I want to talk about before we leave. Jesus is the light in the darkness. See, I've talked a lot about darkness in this room before I gave a message a few months ago where I let this room go completely dark, and I talked about darkness. I gave a funny story of me tripping over a chair because I thought I was cool walking in the dark. It was a whole thing. Miranda remembers it. She can tell you all about it. She laughed at me. It was a whole thing. But I talk a lot about darkness in this space, and I thought this was so cool to see light in the darkness. Liam, you're going to make that shot? Let me see. Did you make it? Put your phone away or Amanda's gonna take it. Or whoever's phone it is, put it away or she's gonna take it. Yeah, you're, you're acting scared now. Don't give him his phone. Don't give him your phone. Light in the darkness. And see, darkness, it doesn't provide anything useful unless, unless you're sleeping. Who likes to sleep with the lights completely off? All right? You sleep with your LEDs on? Dude, that would stress me out. To, I would never sleep. I would be up here like, I'd be up here like with, rings around my eyes because I wouldn't sleep. Nah. It's got to be completely dark in my room or our room. It's got to be completely dark in our room like anything. Like there's literally, I'll tell you the story. So we live in this building. If you didn't know that, I live up there. I'm not kidding. I live literally up there. Miranda can tell you, we live up there. All right. And we have, there's no like AC in our apartment. All right. So basically what we have is these window units where it's like a box with a tube that goes to the window. Right. Anybody have any of those? That's what I thought, all right? So basically, there's this one that has a, it's like an LED screen kind of thing. I don't, I don't know, sure. And it basically tells you the temperature. It tells you what setting it's on. It tells you how fast it's blowing. And it's not that bright, but it's, for me, bright enough that where I literally take one of my shoes and I stick it on that because I don't want the light literally just goes throughout the whole room and it will keep me up for the rest of the night. Anybody else do that? They have to cover every little light. Am I the only one? Seriously? I am. Juan does that? See, I'm not the only one. Me and Juan. Brandon? You're my bro. I got you. Yeah, we know what's up. Y'all are, you're all of the crazy ones, all right? Anyway, I have to sleep with it completely dark in my room. But basically, darkness, it doesn't provide any use for anything else unless you're sleeping, in my opinion. Because when you're trying to do something, you're trying to read a book. Can't do that in the dark. You're trying to cut vegetables. You don't want to do that in the dark. You're going to cut your finger off. All right, you're going to, uh, let me think. What else can you do? Play catch in the dark. You're going to get hit in the face for sure. It ain't going to work. You can't do a lot of things in the dark, all right? It's hard to do things in the dark. And when I was thinking of this, I was like, what, what value, when you're in the dark, like, what are you, you going to do? What's the first thing you do if you're in the dark? Yeah. Okay, how are you going to do that? It's just in the dark? 
So you're just going to turn all the, the lights are going to all be off. You're not going to find a light switch, flashlight, nothing. You're just going to start swinging in the dark. You're a liar, bro. You're, I, what's the first thing you're going to do, Ben, when you're in the dark? First thing, like you walk into a dark room. First thing, what is it? You're going to put a flashlight on. All right. Smart idea. Who else? What's the first thing you're going to do when you go into a dark room? You're going to let your son, just goes out of you. All right, yeah. All right, last one. Dude, now you just want to copy Ben because you know he gave the right answer. So you're going to find the monsters first, then turn the lights on. All right, here's another question. Who stays home alone at night? So like your parents are gone, you know, you stay home by yourself. Or maybe not, maybe like you're the last one in the kitchen, all right? Everyone else is asleep. You're in the kitchen, and you turn off all the lights, and you got to, like, run out of the room. Like, you, are, is there any scaredy cats like that in the room? You got to, every room you run through, you're turning off lights, and you're just running? Okay, all right. That was just a random. Mackenzie, that's you? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right, that's fine. Anyway, I just, that was a random question. All right, sh- Anyway, I tell you that, and I think of that because the darkness isn't good for anything, right? We can't do our life in the dark, all right? I would encourage you, one of you, to live your whole life in the darkness, do everything you would normally do, and if you can do it to perfection, come talk to me then, and I will re-edit this whole message, and I'll do it differently, but I guarantee you no one can do that. <laughs> Bro, you're not wrong there. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm just gonna go. Like, I'm just gonna leave. That was good. That was good. That's true. That is facts, but there's some stuff they can't do, I feel like, but that's okay. We're not going to talk about that. Anyway, 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 anyway. All right, you're getting me off track. That was, that was funny. All right, but what do you do when you walk into a room? Ben said it. You turn on a flashlight, right? You turn on the light. You bring some sort of light to the room so you're not in the darkness by yourself. You're not in the darkness alone so you can see. And see, I love this idea because I think that the same thing goes for some of your life and my life, right? We're in a dark season, I've talked about this before, I've said this before, but we're in a dark season. But when you are living and your life gets hard and you are in the darkness, you need to do the same thing. What do you need to do? You need to run to the light. You need to turn on the light. You need to turn on a flashlight. When your life is hard, when you have painful seasons, when, you're pain, when you have a painful past, whatever it is, you need to run to the light. You don't stay in the darkness, right? If, you, if I find any of y'all just chilling in a dark room by yourself, just staring at a wall, I'm leaving, all right? That's, I'm praying over you and the room, and then I'm leaving because that's weird, all right? No one should be doing that. You don't stay in a dark room. You leave, you get out, you go. Same thing is for your life. When you're in a dark season, when you're going through a tif- difficult season, when your life is hard, when you have a hard past, when school is hard, when family life is hard, when parent situations are hard, when sibling situations are hard, whatever it is, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're dealing with on the inside, you don't stay in that darkness. At least you shouldn't stay in that dark season. But instead, what do you do? You run to the light. Now, what is the light? God, Jesus, Jesus is the light. This word is the light. This is what you should be running to when you're in hard seasons, when you're going through difficult struggles, when you're walking through something where it's like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. You need to run to the word. You need to run to God. You need to run to this church. You need to run to your friends. You need to run to the pastor, your leaders. You need to run to somebody who can lead you to the light and lead you through what you're going through. 
You don't stay in the darkness. 1 John 1.5, write this down. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. See, this is telling us right here, right now, that Jesus is the light, that there's no darkness at all. And see, if you're walking in a relationship with Jesus, he will never leave you in the dark. He will always lead you out of darkness. See, Jesus, we're celebrating Christmas, right? Christmas is coming up. We're in a Christmas season. We're in a Christmas series. We're about to have our Christmas party next week. And see, Jesus, he came to this earth as a baby. And he lived his life so he can ultimately die on the cross for the darkness that covers your life and for the sin that covers your life. See, he forgives us time and time again because he loves you unconditionally. How many of you have heard of the scripture verse John 3.16? Anybody? It's a very popular scripture verse, but John 3.16, I thought this was perfect for this. It says, write that down too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, God loves you so much, every single one of you, no matter who's in this room, no matter who's listening, who's not listening, God loves every single one of you so much that he sent his own son to die for you. See, I don't know about you. Me and Miranda just got married, and we're not having kids anytime soon. All right, I don't have a son, okay? Don't have a son, don't have a daughter. All right, no. Don't have one, all right? But I can only imagine that it would be extremely difficult for us to have a son and then for me to basically say, all right, bro, go down across for people. That would be so hard for me to do with my son. I don't think I could do it. But see, God sent his only son to die on a cross for you so that you don't have to live in darkness anymore. So you don't have to live in the sin that you're living in. That's how much he loves you. And God wants you to know him and step into a relationship with him every single day. And that's my job up here is to be able to share with you how much God loves you and how much God wants you to be in a relationship with him. And so real quick, we're going to do something before we leave. We've got 12 minutes before I need to be done. I just want everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And we're going to end right now. But I want everybody to stop talking, close their eyes, bow their heads. And if Amanda has to separate some people, she will. But I just want everybody to just listen for a minute. All right? Just listen. No talking except for my voice. See, God wants you to step into a relationship with him. And many of you, you've been coming to this church for a long time. Some of you recently. Some of you call it your home. Some of you have friends here. But some of you haven't taken the step to be in a relationship with Jesus seriously. Some of you haven't taken that step to finally follow Jesus with everything that you have. And many of you, you're walking through a dark season your pain has caught up to you. You have a painful past. You've gone through some things. You've dealt with some things. And you don't know why you're dealing with it. You don't know what's going on. But basically, you want to be freed from it. And so with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to ask you three things. If you want to step out of the darkness and into the light with Jesus, or if you want to start being intentional 
about your walk with Jesus, or maybe you want to start changing how you live your life right now, I just want you to raise your hand. If you want to change, you want to do something different, you want to be a better person, maybe you made some mistakes in the last few weeks, just keep your hands up. Maybe you've done something that you shouldn't be doing. Now, in this moment, I'm going to pray over you. Just keep your hands up for like 30 more seconds. And there's going to be a couple of leaders in this room. They're going, to, they're going to come and pray over you or they might pray with you, whatever. But I want you guys to take this moment seriously. And I want you to start saying to yourself right now, I want you to pray to God to your, with yourself right now. I'm not going to do it, but I want you to just say, God, help me. Just in your own heart, in your own head. If you're raising your hand, you can put your hands down now. But if, you're raised, if you raised your hand, just keep your eyes closed, your head bowed. This is how you have a moment with Jesus. By just saying, man, God, lead me. God, help me. And here's what I want you to do even more. If you're going through something specific that is just hard and difficult, just keep your eyes, your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're going through something specific, I want you to just start praying to God about it. God, help me get out of this. God, help the pain to go away. God, help the depression to go away. Help the insecurity to go away. Help the idea of being cool and having to fit in go away. Help me to be true to myself. Don't let me be a fake person. Anything that you're going through right now, you know what it is. I want you to pray about it. Because see, I can stand up here all day, keep your eyes, eyes closed, your head bowed, everyone just keeps doing it. I can stand up here all day long and I can pray for you. I can pray for you every day. Your leaders can pray for you every day. But if you don't start taking that action to say, man, God, help me. God, lead me. God, I'm struggling. If you don't take that action to do those things, you're just gonna be stuck in the darkness. But see, God wants to free you from what you're going through right now. So just keep saying those things. Keep praying to yourself. Keep thinking about your life and how you want it to change. Your life will only be what you want it to be. If you don't want it to change, it's not gonna change. If you don't put the work in, it's not gonna change. If you don't say, hey, God, help me, he's not gonna help you. He wants you to put the work in. He wants you to have faith to believe that God is gonna do what he does. And so just like in this moment, you're doing this right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed still, I want you to take this home with you. This is not something you just do at church. This is not something you just do in this room. But this is something that I want you to take with you home. And every day for five minutes, five, ten minutes, however long you want to do it, three minutes, one minute, I don't care, 30 seconds. And you just are at your house and you say those things over and over again that you just want prayed for. God, help me with my parents. Help me with my friends. Whatever it is. And you pray about it. But I'm going to pray for you right now. And then we're going to get out of here. But I want you guys to be intentional to lead yourself out of the darkness that you're walking through. So God, I just thank you for tonight. I just thank you for each and every single person in this room right now, God. Whether they have the passion to be here or not, God, I just pray that you begin to invade every heart in this room. Every soul in this room, God. 
I pray that you begin to do what only you can do in their life, God. Whatever they're walking through, whatever they're dealing with, I, I, Lord, I just sense that somebody's dealing with anxiety in this room. God, I just pray that that anxiety goes away. Lord, that somebody is dealing with depression right now, I just pray that that depression goes away. God, that somebody in this space, their parents' marriage is messy. And you only know what that looks like, God. And so I pray right now that you would begin to heal that family. That you would draw them closer together, whatever that looks like, God. Lord, I sense that there's some people in this room that aren't doing and living the life that they should. You can almost say that they're living a fake life than what you've called them to live. And you know who that is. And so, God, I just pray that you begin to invade their life right now. That they would no longer be a fake person, but they would be the person that you have called them to be. That they would be a real person who is in a relationship with you, God. And so, Lord, I thank you for each person in this space. I thank you for what you're doing in their life. God, and I just thank you that I get to be a part of their story. And I get to help them, lead them into a relationship with you, God. And so, Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the ability to have fun and the ability to just hear your word, God. And I pray that it sits deep with them tonight and that they take it home with them and they study it and they learn about it and they continue in their relationship with you outside of these four walls, God. And we say all these things in your mighty name. Amen.